بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما In our last session we spoke about Amr ibn al-As and how he took an army and entered Egypt and this is after the conquest of Asham. Amr ibn al-As he asked for permission from Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab to continue the conquests into Egypt and Umar granted him permission to do this so when the Muslims entered Egypt under the command of Amr ibn al-As, they had already proven themselves with many previous victories in Asham and in Persia as well. So the Egyptians were well aware that the Muslims were on a roll here with victories. Now at this time, Egypt was ruled by Al-Muqawqis. Al-Muqawqis was the local Christian Coptic leader of Egypt but Egypt was a vassal state it wasn't an independent state it was under the umbrella of the Byzantine Empire so the real holders of power were not the local Egyptians the real holders of power were the Byzantines so yes there was a local Egyptian ruler Al-Muqawqis but he really didn't have independent power the power he had was dependent upon the umbrella of the Byzantine Empire. So the Byzantines were really the powerful ones. So when Amr ibn al-As and his army entered Egypt, Al-Muqawqis, the local Egyptian ruler, he wanted to surrender peacefully because he was aware that the Muslims had defeated huge armies in Persia and they had defeated huge armies in Asham. And he didn't want the same thing to happen in Egypt. He just wanted to surrender peacefully. But the Byzantine representative in Egypt, the representative of the Byzantine Empire who was there in Egypt, Al-Artabon, he did not want to surrender. He was willing to fight with the Muslims to keep control of Egypt. So there was a disagreement here between Al-Muqawqis and Artabon. There was a difference of opinion with the local Egyptian leader and the Byzantine representative. And if there's a disagreement between these two, who has the upper hand? The Byzantine representative has the upper hand. The Muqawqis could not resist him. So under the order of the Artabon, the representative of the Byzantine Empire, an army was sent to fight against Amr ibn al-As and the Muslim army. Now Amr ibn al-As in Egypt, he stationed, him, he stationed his army in an area that is known as Al-Fustat. And this is now a part of old Cairo. At that time, Cairo had not been built yet as a city. So Amr ibn al-As and his army, they pitched their tents in Al-Fustat. And that was their central command station. And eventually Amr established a proper city in that area and he built a masjid, which is still there today. That masjid is still there today in Old Cairo, and that is Masjid Amr ibn al-As. So Al-Fustat, this is where the Muslim command center was. 
the Artabon and Al-Muqawqis, they sent a small army against Amr ibn al-As and the Muslim army, hoping that it would be easy to defeat the Muslim army. They had hopes that it would be easy to defeat the Muslim army because uh, the number was small. The Muslim army was not very big. So they sent their army to fight the Muslims. And Amr ibn al-As and his army easily defeated this army that was sent against them. So then this Christian army fled. After their first defeat, they fled to Bilbis. And they were defeated there as well. And the Muslims then continued to conquer city after city in Egypt. They conquered Farma and Fayyum and city after city after city. And then the next step was the conquest of a very important city that is Ainu Shams. This is an important city in Egypt and it is on the, one of the branches of the Nile River. So this was a little more difficult. The siege of Ainu Shams lasted for a pretty long time. But eventually, Alhamdulillah, Amr ibn al-As and the Muslim army, they were able to get the upper hand and they were victorious in the battle of Ainu Shams. And they actually killed 7,000 enemy soldiers and they took as prisoners many more. So this was a big victory. A hard-fought but big victory. Now whenever Amr ibn al-As would conquer a city, he was conquering city after city after city in Egypt. Whenever he would conquer any city, he would grant the civilian inhabitants of that city a guarantee of safety. And he would treat them fairly. He would deal with them with justice, right? And these local Christians, Coptic Christians of Egypt, they appreciated this. They appreciated the Muslim treatment. And they began to compare how the Muslims treated them compared to how the Byzantines were treating them all of this time. So these local Egyptians, they were Coptic Christians. And the Byzantines who had control of their land, they were also Christians but they belonged to a different sect of Christianity. So the Byzantine Christians considered the Coptic Christians as inferior to them. And they treated them unfairly and they oppressed them and they took their wealth and they levied very heavy taxes upon them. They didn't treat them with justice. But when the Muslims conquered these cities, they treated these local Coptic Christians with justice. So they saw a big difference in how the Muslims dealt with them compared to how with the Byzantines treated them. And they really appreciated the fair Muslim treatment. And Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu, he continued with his conquest of Egypt until he reached the fortress of Babylon. And this was a very strongly fortified city. Babylon was a very strongly fortified city with walls around it. And this siege was very difficult. This was the most difficult one yet in the conquest of Egypt. And it lasted a long time. The siege of Babylon, it lasted for seven months. Seven months, long time. After it had gone on for so long, one of the great companions of the Prophet ﷺ, one of the very close companions of the Prophet ﷺ, Zubair ibn al-Awwam radiallahu anhu, very close companion of the Prophet ﷺ and a cousin of the Prophet ﷺ. Zubair, he was the son of Safiyyah who was the daughter of Abdul Muttalib. 
So that means the Prophet ﷺ and Az-Zubair, they were cousins. The father of the Prophet and the mother of Az-Zubair were brother and sister. So Az-Zubair ibn Awam, great companion of the Prophet ﷺ, very close to the Prophet ﷺ, known for his nobility and known for his courage and his bravery. And there are many different occasions where he showed his bravery on the battlefield. And this would be one of those occasions, the siege of Babylon. It lasted for seven months. When it went on for so long, Zubair ibn al-Awwam, he agreed to make a very bold and brave and courageous move. This is an amazing move that he made. In order to get inside the fortress of the city, it's heavily fortified. They can't get inside. That's the problem. So what is the solution to this problem? As Zubair ibn al-Awwam, he agreed to have the Muslims catapult him over the walls. A catapult, right? Usually a catapult is used to throw rocks or flames over a high fortress. So it's basically like a huge slingshot, right? So you pull it back with heavy tension and then you release it and it flies in the air. So they, use, they usually used to use this as a weapon of war, you know, to, to disperse huge stones or flames into the enemy territory. But as Zubair ibn Awam, on this occasion, he agreed to have himself, his own body catapulted over the walls into the fortress so he could get inside. So the goal was for him to get over the walls. Once he's inside, he can open the door, he can open the gate from the inside. Then the Muslim army can come inside and then they can conquer the city. So that's exactly what they did. They catapulted as Zubair ibn Awam over the walls. Look at this, this bold move. He gets inside. Once he's inside, he is able to open the gate from the inside and let the Muslim army in. Once the Muslim army comes in, Alhamdulillah, they were able to conquer the city. So after a siege of seven months, they conquered Babylon. Now Al-Muqawqis, who wanted to surrender even before all this fighting started. Al-Muqawqis, now seeing all of these victories, it proves to him in his mind that his idea was correct, that, that we should have surrendered. So he, he still wants to surrender even now. But the Artabon of the Byzantines, he refuses. He says, no, we're not going to surrender. We're going to continue fighting. So the fighting continued and the Muslims continued to conquer city after city after city until finally they reached Alexandria. Now Alexandria was the capital of Egypt at that time. It was the seat of power where the central government was stationed. So now comes the time for the conquest of the capital city, Alexandria. And of course, this is a very heavily fortified city. And it is where Al-Muqawqis is based and it is also where Artabon is based in Alexandria. So Al-Muqawqis now, seeing that the Muslims had come all the way to the capital, he really wanted to surrender now. He didn't want to fight. Because he was sure that the Muslims would conquer Alexandria just like they conquered everywhere else. So he wanted to surrender. And there were two main reasons why he wanted to surrender. First of all, he saw all of these defeats that his people were facing. And he, he knew that, you know, 
Alexandria is going to be taken by the Muslims as well. So that's one reason. Another reason is he saw the justice of the Muslims compared to the Byzantines. He thought to himself that if the Muslims take over Egypt, if we are under Muslim rule instead of Byzantine rule, that will actually be better for us because they treat us fairly, whereas the Byzantines, they oppress us. So we should surrender, we should let the Muslims take over this land. That will be better for us personally. So these were the reasons why he wanted to surrender. So what he decided to do, he made a bold move. Without consulting Al-Artabon, he sent a message to Amr ibn al-As. And he said in that message, I want to surrender. I and the Coptic Christians who are under me, we want to surrender peacefully. We want to sign a peace treaty with you. So Amr ibn al-As, upon receiving this message, he sent a message to Umar ibn al-Khattab in Medina, apprising him of the situation that Al-Muqawqis wants to surrender. What should we do? So Umar gave him permission. He gave Amr permission to accept this surrender and to sign a peace treaty with Al-Muqawqis. So he signed a peace, peace treaty with Al-Muqawqis and under the terms of this treaty, the local Christians were given safety upon the condition that they would pay the jizya. That they have to pay the jizya, then they will be under the protection of the Muslims. But whoever refuses to pay the jizya, they will be considered enemy combatants and they will be fought against. And whoever wishes, if they don't want to fight and they also don't want to pay the jizya, then they are free to leave Egypt. They can leave Egypt and you know settle somewhere else. That's okay. They can leave peacefully. So either they become Muslims or if they stay Christians, they pay the jizya and they will be under the safety of the Muslims or they leave Egypt or if, if they refuse to do any of those three things, then we will fight with them. So the Copts, the Coptic Christians under Al-Muqawqis, they accepted this and they surrendered and they agreed to pay the jizya. They said, okay, no problem, we pay the jizya. Now when the Artabon of the Byzantines found out about this treaty that was made without him being consulted, he was very upset. And he refused to accept defeat and he refused to surrender. And he refused to accept the terms of that peace treaty. So now Al-Muqawqis is in a difficult position. He has made an agreement of peace with Amr ibn al-As, but technically he is still under the umbrella of the Byzantines under the Artabon. So should he stay true to the peace treaty that he made with Amr ibn al-As or should he stay with Al-Artabon and continue to fight? So he, he got a little bit confused in this situation. So he consulted, he consulted his close advisors from the Coptic Christians, from the locals. Like what should we do? So they said, the Coptic Christians all agreed, they said, look, the Muslims are better than the Byzantines. They don't oppress us. They don't treat us unfairly. They are just with us. It's better that we make this deal with the Muslims. Forget about the Byzantines. So Al-Muqawqis upon hearing this advice from his advisors, he decided to stay true to the peace treaty. And he personally came out to meet Amr ibn al-As personally. He went to Amr ibn al-As and he said, I will continue to stay true to the, the treaty. We will surrender peacefully to, to you even though the Byzantines, they want to continue fighting you. So as for Al-Muqawqis and the Coptic Christians, they agreed to surrender peacefully. But as for the Byzantines, 
they said, no, we will not surrender. We will continue to fight. So Al-Muqawqis, when he met with Amr ibn al-As, he requested three things from him. He said, if the Byzantines eventually do surrender, then don't give them the same conditions that you have given us in our peace treaty. The peace treaty that Amr ibn al-As made with Al-Muqawqis, it had very good terms. But Al-Muqawqis is requesting, if the Byzantines eventually decide to also make a peace treaty with you, don't give them the same type of good terms that you have given us. So it just shows that Al-Muqawqis, he's very upset and very frustrated with the Byzantines. He doesn't want them to get a good deal if eventually they decide to make peace. That was one of his requests. Another request, he said, if the Byzantines eventually make a treaty with you, a peace treaty with you, but then later on they break that treaty, then don't blame us. Don't blame the Coptic Christians for that. If the Byzantines break the treaty, then that's on them only. And then he said, the third thing that I request from you, that he requested, Al-Muqawqis said, that if he dies, he wanted to be buried at a specific church in Alexandria. So those were his three requests. So Amr ibn al-As said, as for the third request, if you die, you want to be buried at that church in Alexandria? Okay, I grant you that one. But as for the other two, you know, we have to see how things play out. I can't give you any guarantees until we see how things play out. So, eventually, because the Byzantines refused to surrender, the Muslims entered Alexandria and they fought against the Byzantines. And Alhamdulillah, the Muslims once again, they were victorious and they defeated the Byzantine forces in Alexandria. And with this victory, with this conquest, with successfully conquering the capital, Alexandria, they officially conquered Egypt. Now they have conquered Egypt. And this was one of the greatest victories under Amr ibn al-As And with this victory, they collected huge spoils of war. Egypt was, was very wealthy. They had a lot of resources and a lot of wealth. So the Muslim army collected huge spoils of war and they also captured many prisoners. And amongst the prisoners they captured after the battle of Alexandria, the soldiers, the prisoners that they captured, there were Byzantines amongst them and there were also Coptic Christians amongst them. Because there were some Coptic Christians who were unable to leave Alexandria. They didn't have a chance to leave Alexandria before the fighting started. So they were forced by the Byzantines to remain with the Byzantine forces. So when the Byzantines were defeated, many of their soldiers were taken captive by the Muslims. And there were also some Coptic soldiers that were taken as prisoners as well. So Amr ibn al-As after this great victory, he sends news to Umar ibn al-Khattab in Medina that Alhamdulillah our army has successfully conquered Egypt, we have conquered the capital, we have taken Alexandria, and we have taken a lot of spoils of war, and we have taken many prisoners, and amongst these prisoners there are Byzantines and there are also Coptics. So Umar ordered that all of the Coptic Christians who have been captured as prisoners, they should all be freed, release all of them. Because they are considered Ahlul Dhimma. They are under the protection of the Muslims based upon the treaty that was made with their leader, Al Muqawqis. So they are free. They should be freed. And also, their wealth, whatever was collected from the spoils of war that belonged to the Coptic Christians, that has to be returned to them. That doesn't count as the spoils of war. That has to be returned to the Coptic Christians. 
And in addition to that, the Coptic Christians, they got a special bonus as well. They got something really special as well that they weren't expecting. So the Byzantines, they oppressed, they used to oppress the Coptic people. And one of the ways that they would oppress them is that they would impose heavy taxes upon them. The Byzantines would take huge taxes from the Coptic Christians of Egypt and they would send these taxes to Constantinople. So they would basically fleece the Egyptians of their wealth and then they would use this wealth upon themselves. This is what the Byzantines were doing. And basically the main source of income, the main source of income for the Byzantine Empire was the Egyptian wealth. That is where they financed most of their activities, from the wealth that they would forcefully take from the Egyptians by means of these unfair taxes. So before the Battle of Alexandria, the Byzantines had collected the taxes from the Coptic Christians. So they had these huge collections of taxes that they had taken from them, but they didn't have a chance yet to send it to Constantinople. So it was still sitting there in Alexandria chest after chest after chest of taxes taken from the Copts, you know, ready, prepared to be sent to Constantinople. But then the battle happened and, you know, it wasn't sent to Constantinople. So it's just sitting there. So when the Muslims won the battle, they also now had access to all of these taxes that the Byzantines had collected from the Coptic Christians. So what did they do with all of this? They returned it all back to the Coptic Christians. This was taken from you unjustly. Here, take it back. All those taxes were given back to the Coptic Christians. So they were so impressed by this. Like, look how fair these Muslims are. We have never seen, you know, such justice before. So they were, they were so happy. They were so impressed with the Muslims. They were so impressed that they had never witnessed such a level of justice from anyone before. So what did this lead to? It, lead, it led to a huge conversion of multitudes of Coptic Christians to Islam. Many of them entered Islam after seeing this beautiful treatment, after seeing the justice of Islam. So Alhamdulillah, after the Muslims conquered Egypt, it became a great center of knowledge, a great center of education, and many of the greatest scholars throughout the, throughout the centuries came from Egypt. You know, even today, many of the great scholars and, and many of the greatest reciters of the Qur'an from our time, they are Egyptians. So Alhamdulillah, it became, it became a, a central point for the propagation of ilm and knowledge. Alhamdulillah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with Amr ibn al-As radiallahu an and his leader Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our Muslim brothers and sisters in Egypt and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring benefit to the Muslims through them. Ameen. Inshallah next week we will continue with the seerah of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an bi-idhnillah. Barakallahu feekum. Wallahu alam sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.